Tonight, what we uh, hope to do, and my understanding is you all are walking through kind of a a summer kind of series, maybe in the month of June, maybe a little bit more, but a series on kind of parenting or family connectedness. And so when Chris and I, he called me uh, originally, and we were talking through, hey, what what direction do you want us to go? Um, he, he asked me if we would cover the topic of praying for your family or praying for your children. And so Emily and I uh, are, are delighted to do that in many ways. It's a little overwhelming because there's no real, um, there's no real secret sauce, so to speak, in how you do this. There's no, and our children, our oldest is 14, so we have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Okay, Chris said, sorry, Chris said there might be 17 of them. There's just five. Yeah, there's just five (laughs) of our kids. I have five children and one wife. Don't get that mixed up. That would be bad. Um, That's my joke for the night, okay. So, but, but there's, so like our oldest is 14, so sometimes when we start talking about parenting, I almost get a little overwhelmed and a little nervous because we've yet to see how this thing turns out. You know, some of you are are far beyond where we are. You've seen your children uh, grow. You've sent them. You've released them into the world. You like you're way further along than we are. So and there are many days we look at our kids and think this this isn't working out well. This is not I don't know that the end is going to be very happy <laughs> because, because may, I might kill one yeah, of them. But they <laughs> may not survive. And so it's one of those for us, as we thought through this and we talked through this, we, you know, we, we just want to make sure on the front end what we're saying and what we want to communicate as clearly as possible is the reality that this is a process. Like we're, we're by no means... I'm not. Emily is very much an expert, but I'm by no means an expert standing up here trying to say, hey, follow our example, follow my example, and everything will work out because we're all in this together trying to figure it out. So tonight, uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun together in discovering uh, our, this is going to be very conversational between us as we talk through this. Uh, she'll talk and I'll interrupt her many times um, and she will graciously wait for me to finish speaking and uh, she's, she's the love of my life. Can I just tell you all that? Is that alright if I brag on my wife for a minute? So this is a lot of fun when we get to do these things together. So um, let me start with this question and I needed some interaction tonight, okay? Is it alright if we interact? That's Okay. Yes, okay, one person is speaking, and I need everybody to get ready to talk to one another, or to us at least. All right, so can you give me a phrase or a tradition that your parents passed on to you? A phrase or a tradition that your parents passed on? Anything, not spiritual necessarily. She's got one. Because I said so. So your, did your mom say that to you? Do you say that to your children? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. 
Just, I agree. Can anybody, anybody else testify to that? Like, because I said so. Amen, all God's people said. That's right. Okay, anything else? Give me something else. You were the one person who said yes out loud a minute ago, too, so. You don't have to look for trouble, trouble will find you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look for trouble, trouble will find you. So your mom, dad, who, granddad, who's told you that? Dad. Yeah. You said that as well? <laughs> That's right. Anything else? Mm. You might want it, but you don't need it. Yep. That's a really good one. <laughs> Man, we need to give each other a high five on that one. Be kind to your brothers and sisters. I can go to the altar now. Like and how many people repent. said that? How many yeah, times right. today? <laughs> on the way to church. Like, okay. So here's the thing all of us may have some of those things. A lot of times, these phrases that you're hearing or these traditions, vacations, they, they become, they, they, maybe we can say it like this. Um, the patterns, the things you say over and over, or the things you do over and over, create pathways. The patterns create pathways. So it, what you consistently say and do is really constructing a spiritual road in your children's life, in your family's life. We're going, we're going to speak a lot directly about children and raising your children in this idea, but it, it's true for family relationships. It's true for marriages. It's, it's true, true for habits. It's, yeah. Just in life yeah. in general. But, but that, like patterns create pathways. So when we consider this idea of praying together, when we consider this idea of just prayer in general, the patterns, the consistency of this idea creates pathways that are leading your children, leading your family towards something. And we want to make sure that we set the pathway leading to a destination that's ultimately ending in them understanding and them seeing what God has for their life. Because the end game uh, for our children, for, our, for everybody within our... But the end game is disciples. That, that has to be... We have to think in vision. Okay, we want to see our children. We want to see our spouses. We, we want to see all of us be mature, devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Disciples, that's, that's what we want to hold to. That's what we want to be aiming at. So in that, we want to create a path that leads toward that. And the way we want to talk about tonight is through prayer. Through prayer. Praying for and praying with your children. Praying for and praying with your spouse. Praying for, praying with your grandchildren, with your family as a unit together. Um, let's start with Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. If you have your Bibles, we're going to make reference to a lot of passages tonight so you can get your fingers ready to flip back and forth. But Deuteronomy chapter 6, 
starting in verse number four, down through verse number nine. Um, Emily, why don't you read that and then we'll continue. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. All right, so Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, we've just gotten through the, the law, the giving of the law, Ten Commandments. And, and Moses points out here, there's this hero Israel. It's called the Shema. It's, the, it's this foundational idea. The Lord our God is one. So it's a, it's a teaching aspect. It's a teaching component that, that he's delivering to the people. And then he says, so here's, here's the, the Lord our God is one. Love God with all your heart, with soul, with everything that you are. And then the component that follows is how do you do that? Well, you do it through consistently modeling. You do it through consistently talking about it. You do it by when you wake up, when you lie down, when you, all the time you're developing your family toward loving God with all that they are. I find it interesting that the chapter before is the Ten Commandments, and so that's something that especially people who don't have a relationship with Christ, they think our religion, what we do, is all about these do's and don'ts. And so here are these major do's and don'ts that the whole world recognizes, but he pulls it towards love and saying you're doing this because you love God. You're not... You're not being religious for the sake of being religious. You're doing these things and not doing these things because you love the Lord your God. And so I think that that's, a, like what you're saying, a pattern because as little ones are watching, then they're going to see not my mom, or I mean they may, but hopefully they're not going to see my mom says we can't, we can't, we can't you know, all these rules, but they're going to see mom loves God, mom loves me, and that's why we do what we do. And so really that's the motivation for what we do. So there's a, a pattern that's creating a pathway in developing your family, specifically, again, your children toward loving God with all that they are. Now again, tonight... I just had to lay that groundwork and that foundation so that you see that, that this is not an isolated thing. We're not just stacking prayer and going, hey, this is, this is it. We're going, no, it's part of a process of you helping lead your... That's why this is a series that's longer than just a one-night thing. It's, a, it's an ongoing... This is a, a, a link in the chain that hopefully is going to help develop your children and that specifically, again, is toward prayer. So related to that, we, we thought about, um, I'm, I really try to keep things as simple as possible. Because for me, I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of sermons in my life. I, I enjoy watching, preaching on TV. I know some of you are... I hate it. Yeah. Like Emily's like, oh, why do we goodness. have to watch preaching again? But I enjoy watching preaching, listening to it. I've heard a lot of sermons. 
But the number of those that I can really remember, unfortunately, and I do this for a living, which is really discouraging in many ways, is very minimal. But the ones that I remember the most are the ones that are most simple, and I can connect the dots a little bit better in my life. So we've broken this down into two generic areas. The first is praying for your children, praying for your children, and the next is praying with your children, praying for your spouse, and praying with your spouse, praying for your family, and praying with your family. Okay, so these are, these are, they're two generic categories, and we're going to kind of walk through within these categories kind of uh, a little bit, some passages of Scripture that deal specifically with those things. Okay? You guys tracking with us so far? Pathway, patterns create pathways. We're leading towards something. And on, along that pathway, we want to insert this idea of prayer. And in this idea of prayer, we want to discover tonight and talk through how do we then pray for and pray with. All right. So, let's start with praying for our families. Let's start with praying for our families. Um, I asked a question uh, last night. We were kind of discussing this, and we started talking about, um, as, as we were looking over, making sure that what we would say would connect with you all, like this whole praying for why the motivation behind why you should pray for your family, why you should pray for your children. Because we all agree that God already knows what we need. He already knows what we think. So we could essentially say, I don't really need to pray because God is already, he's a good father. He gives good gifts you know, it, it, it would be, that's an argument that could be made, but yet, so we were discussing this, so why do we do this? You know, why do we feel like it's important to pray? Because if you don't, if you don't have the foundation of why you should do something, very often you will neglect that thing. If you don't get the, the foundational, all right, what difference is this making, then very often the effort will be minimal. So as annoying as a three-year-old is that constantly asks why, like that, that's a rough stage. I mean, do you guys agree? I think three-year-olds are hard and they ask why all the time. And I read something one time that said, don't discount all the whys because that's the way that they're learning. That's the way that they are processing what's happening. So sometimes, and my kids still ask a lot of whys. So sometimes I'm like, okay, this week will be your last question. After this one, I'm going to move on to something else. But to not squelch that because it is a process for them to figure things out. And so the why in this idea of prayer or in this conversation is for me looking at Luke chapter 11 verses 9 through 13 Luke chapter 11 verses 9 through 13 and, and I I need us to to get this and I need us to 
really foundationally believe it. It's a very familiar passage. But I think many times we kind of skip over it in terms of application. Luke chapter 9, or 11, excuse me, verses 9 through 13 says, and this is Jesus speaking. If your Bible has red letters, it's in red to indicate that this is actually the Lord Himself saying these things. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, not and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? I could make a comment there about, I might not be I don't want fish. fish or snakes. <laughs> I, mean, I might not be, because I might do that, sorry. Um, I'm you a, might give a snake. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good jokester. Or, if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So the principle here, the why, the why do we pray? Hey, ask, seek, knock, why? Because God hears and He will answer according to His goodness. That, that's, that's probably not new information for any of you in this room. But it may be a good reminder of the fact that if we are, or when we ask, and when we seek, and when we're pursuing Him, that He will answer according to His goodness. Now that answer may not look like what we think it should look like, but that's not our business. That's not up to us. Our responsibility is to ask and seek and knock and believe that He will answer according to His goodness in our life. Because He is the Heavenly Father who knows what's best for all of us. So the, the, the why, we're, we're talking about, again, praying for our children but before you can get there, I, I, I need you to land on this idea that, okay, but why should I even do it? I mean, I love my kids, I care, but, but it's even beyond that. It's, it's because God, really, like, because God hears your prayers and He wants to answer your prayers. Okay, here's another one that we discussed. Um, I was doing some reading and research on Samuel and Samuel, you know, his mother couldn't conceive and she prayed and begged and, and God answers her prayer and she has Samuel and she promises to give that baby to the, to the temple and, or the synagogue. And I said to Jody, oh my goodness, how did she do that? And did those priests want to take care of a little toddler? And he assures me there must have been women around or something because who in the world would say, yeah, that's a good idea. And so, so then, you know, Samuel is a little boy and he hears God calling him. He doesn't realize that's what it is. And Eli says, no, that's, that's God. Ask him, say, say your servant's listening. So Samuel has this life that is a pattern of prayer. His it mother, began. it began with prayer. He's a little boy. He talks to God. Um, he, he was wise, the Bible says. Well, at the very end of his, he was a judge, you know, and then the people wanted a king. So at the very end of him being a judge, in 1 Samuel chapter 12, um, 
the people, they were wanting a king. He was saying, you don't need a king. You're, what you're asking for is evil. And in verse uh, 19, the people said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God and for your servants so that we will not die for we have added to all of our sins. Right before that, he had prayed for rain and it rained that day. So anyways, my whole point here is in verse 23, um, if I were Samuel, I would be like, forget it. I'm out of here. You guys are crazy. I'm going to retire and get away from all of you. But he says, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you uh, the way that is good and right. But fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider the great things he has done for you. And so I think another reason why we pray is because the Lord has said to pray. And so to not pray is really essentially disobedience. And, and for Samuel to recognize that in such a tough time. I mean, he was being fired from his job. And he said it would be disobedient if I didn't pray for you. Because prayer again, was a pattern in his life. It began there, it continued through all of his days, and it created a pathway for him to point people towards something. So the why factor of why do you pray? God hears, God wants to answer, God has commanded us to pray. But let me maybe turn the corner a little bit, and maybe this will get more practical and that would be like well then what do we pray what do we pray and I'm not trying to coach you up because every one of us have different life circumstances we we have different stages of life we we have a variety of differences in this room which is a beautiful thing by the way I love a multi-generational church that comes together, and you can see that taking place in the lives of the individuals in this room. And so there's, there's, this, there's this concept that's bigger than just the life circumstances that you find yourself in, and that is what to pray categorically. So we just want to outline, uh, let's do, yeah, three of those things and make sure that, that maybe you can follow along with that. Because I think the what you pray is part of your situation. You've got stuff in your face right now that you need to pray for. But anytime Jesus was ministering to people, okay, this is also a weird thing. Like here comes a blind person and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Well, it's very obvious, you know, right? This person wants to see. But every time Jesus talked to people, he said, and Judy um, had this reference, Mark 10, 51, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? So he's, he wants us to be specific yeah. in little tiny details of whatever it is, is on our heart and to pray for those things. Yeah. So the broad category of what do we pray starts with the specific prayer request. I want you all, I want our lives to be characterized by specific prayers for our family, specific prayers for our children, specific prayers for our spouses. Not, sometimes we don't know what to pray, okay? I, I, I get that. It's beyond us. We don't know how to pray in regards to... 14-year-olds, we don't understand them at all. I don't. <laughs> we'll get to that part later. <laughs> so there's this specific... But you, you, you got to hone down 
beyond just a generic, a general, God help our kids, God help my wife, God like to these specific, specific things. So let, let us give you a couple categories that maybe you can ponder upon. And in a little bit, we'll do a, a, give you guys some homework to take with you. But let us give you a couple um, specific things that we see you can pray for. Just to give you some, some of you are doing this really well. Some of you, like us, may be like, okay, we need some handles on this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're drowning. We're like, help us, Lord. So here's some specific things that I think you can pray for. One would be spiritual moments in your child, in your spouse, in your family's life. Spiritual moments. So that can be salvation. Obviously, that would be, that's crucial. I mean, to me, that's like top, right? Like, I want my kids to love Jesus. So pray for their salvation. Pray for them, you know, as they are uh, going, when they're at camp, when they are going to Sunday school, whatever it is that the Lord would be um, real to them and speak to them. And this would not be something, like how scary for someone to grow up and say, I'm a Christian because my parents were Christians. Because that's, that's what the world thinks. You know, I mean, it's Christian, Christianity is kind of just a something big, you inherit. Yeah, something you inherit. Yeah. But we want it to be something that is personal and is owned by our kids. Yeah, Second Peter 3, 9, God desires all men to be saved. You can pray specifically for your children that they would be saved according to the will of God, according to His Scripture, that they would be saved. Specific spiritual moments. You have your student ministry. Many of them are at camp this week. You can pray specifically. If you have a student there, or I would even broaden this out and say it's not just about families. It's about the family of God mm-hmm. also. Specific spiritual moments. We, um, Our two oldest, I've got to make sure I remember which ones are gone and which ones. Our two oldest are at summer camp right now. Um, and... I prayed at the beginning of this week. We prayed together uh, before they left that God would speak to them directly. And last night, um, our daughter sent me, uh, she texted me and sent me a picture of her notes from that night's sermon. And it, it was one of those, it was one of those reminders for me that like, we specifically prayed, and God heard, and He answered. And so, specific spiritual moments you can pray for your children. I hope that's a regular part of your life, because again, that's the, that's the end game for them, is that they would encounter Christ, that they would know Him more. So, spiritual moments, I'll let you do the next one. <laughs> Emotional challenges, that's praying for yourself. Like emotional challenges like this is this is a very broad one but thinking about tantrums thinking about the hormone changes you know and thinking about when you know maybe your child feels like they don't have any friends or all their friends are mad at them I mean that's a big deal to a fifth grade girl you know or um I don't know 
it can be like our middle child. Sometimes he'll just say things like, well, nobody loves me. Well, that's an emotional reaction he's having that is completely untrue. But to be able to, I don't want to discount his feelings, but what we want to do is continue to pray about that and to help him realize you don't have to succumb to your feelings. You've got to always believe the truth. But but those come at every stage, don't they? I mean, I, they come to me every day, these emotional challenges. So it's one of those things that emotional health, I think a lot of times in the church, is kind of overlooked because we can see physical things. We can see maybe outright uh, rebellion in certain people. But emotional instability is something that's uncomfortable to talk about. Like people tell me all the time, Hattie, the one that sent him these really, they're beautiful, this, this page of notes. She can be awful and people don't believe me, but I'm like, no, no, she has some emotional, you know, valleys these days and right and so people you know they can she be is so, a 12 year old girl she's yeah but you thought she was 11 earlier today <laughs> but she, but it's one of those things that it's 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 hard to talk about because you want people to think your kids are we look good on the outside but the emotional challenge is so specific in regards to the emotional challenges that your family's facing you, you can be like god wants to hear from you about those thoughts when we say emotional, we're talking about within. The thoughts, the attitudes, everything that your family, the, your, the, your spouse, your, your children, those things that are within. So remember, we're talking categories, spiritual moments. That looks different. Some of you, it's going to be at VBS when you have it in July, I think you said. So you're going to pray specifically. You could start praying now. God, would you do something significant in my child's life during the week of vacation Bible school? God, would you do... So, spiritual moments, but emotional challenges. God, would you, would you help me, uh, help our child, help my spouse, help... Philippians 4.8, here's a verse for you. You can pray uh, this directly for whoever it is in your life that we're dealing with in your family. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You can pray specifically that over your children. God, help Silas, our 14-year-old, who's dealing with all kinds of just emotional challenges in his life, his, his attitudes, his thought. God, would you help him think on these things? So, the emotional challenges. Let, let's keep going. The last one, this is uh, one of ours that continues to be something that, that we think through. Not just the spiritual moments, not just the emotional challenges, but future events. Future events. That's a category that you can start praying for specifically in the life of your family in the life of your children, future events. We, we've prayed um, from the time that um, our children really, for most of them in the womb, um, we, we began praying for their future spouses. God would allow them to maintain their commitment that they would come to faith early, um, that in their life, that God would protect them, that so God knows all these things, but He delights in answering them. And there's some future events that we're praying for. 
that, that, our, that our children would marry individuals who are followers of Jesus. That are just as far along as they are in their walk with Jesus. So, future events. And that's really hard in this day and age that we live in. Because I was talking to this other friend of mine who has kids that are a little ahead of ours. And she was like, well, you know, when they're kind of friends at school, you don't, it's, it's not very, you don't really just talk about, hey, are you a Christian? Where do you go to church? And I was like, well, I did. And he says, well, you were very weird, and that is not what people do, but I'm, but also just... No, you to, were great, weird in a good way. You were, <laughs> this is not a marriage seminar, but the, you were weird in a good way. Well, thanks. But thinking about our kids and how we can pray for that is also to help them realize that that's important. And so in this uh, culture that we live in where that's a very uncomfortable thing to maybe bring up with people like when you just are starting the school year or whatever, to really pray that they would realize how important that is, you know, because that's not on their radar for a middle schooler or for an early high schooler. That's just not, they're thinking, that doesn't really matter right now. And so to continue to pray for that, because if they don't care, at least we care, right? That's right. Praying about where they'll go to school, if they need to go to college, where they need to go to college. I know that's a long ways away for some of you. You may need to pray for the money to get them to college. <laughs> oh, amen. Um, and if you really pray, I believe God will show you the answer that it's North Greenville University. <laughs> um, but, but sincerely praying, God, do, like help us in the early stages of raising our kids. Help us, help us during this time to begin believing that you're going to direct us and we're going to follow your lead. God. What their job is going to be. We tell our kids, if you want to be a garbage man, if you want to work at the mall, if you want to be a preacher, whatever it is you want to do, we're great with that. Those were three very odd examples. Well, I, that's garbage what I man, mall, and preacher. Well, we have one that wants to work at the mall right now. And so I tell her, that is fine. If that's what you want to do, if that's what God wants you to do, then that is fine. You make the choices that God wants you to make. And it do we don't care if you make a lot of money or if you make a little bit of money. You do what it is God wants you to do because he knows what that is. Yeah. So you, you've got specific categories, okay? I don't want to belabor this because, again, every one of you are at a different place in life. You've got different scenarios, situations. But there's some, those specific prayers can flow out of these categories. Spiritual moments. Man, God, would you just do this in the life of my kids? Would you do this in the life of my wife? Would you do this in the life of our family? In the life of our church? Okay? What, specific spiritual moments. Emotional challenges. God, would you, would you protect them? Would we were going to call them issues, on? but we changed it to challenges. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to be talking about emotional issues. You know, everybody will. Anyway, so emotional challenges and then future events. Those are some generic categories that I hope give you a little bit of some handles that you can grab a hold of when you start thinking about specifically praying for your, your family. Now, the thing that is what we want is we pray for these specific things and we expect or we hope that those things are going to be answered the way that we want them to be answered, right? Or right I mean, away. Or right away. But how many of you have been praying for someone to be saved for a long time? I, I have one specific cousin. I mean, for a long time I've prayed for him and he 
is so far, so far from God. And so it doesn't mean just because it's not being answered the way I want it to that I quit praying, but I do continue to pray and believe, God, I, I do believe you're, you have told me to ask for this. And so I keep asking. Um, my youngest sister um, still lives at home. She has special needs. She's 34 years old. She just turned 34 and my mom used to tell about how um, the doctors said when, when she was little that if her head would grow, that a lot of these issues that she was having would change because her, her head was really small. And my mom said she would go in there every night after Joy was asleep and lay her hands on Joy and pray that her head would grow and pray that, you know, the Lord would heal her. And, and she is not healed. I mean, she is hilarious. She, if she were here, she would think she should be standing up here also because she loves to talk. But... God did not heal her the way my mom was asking, but we can look back over all of these years and say, what a blessing she's been to our family. What an amazing thing that God has given her to us because he could have given her to anybody else. And she annoys me. I mean, she texted me today and told me, I need to go shopping on goodwill.com. She works for Goodwill. And I was like, Joy, I do not have time for that. But, but the blessing that my sister cares, you know. And, and, and the, issue, the issue that we say here is that Again, God, our Heavenly Father, knows what is best for us. So as we pray, we bear in mind, when we pray these spiritual moments, when we pray that God would help our families with the emotional challenges, when we pray about these future events, we're not responsible for the results. We're just responsible for the asking, the seeking, the knocking, and giving that to Him, and trusting that He will answer according to His will for all of us. But, but let, me, let me make sure that I don't let you off the hook too much or I don't let myself off the hook too much. Because here's the question before we move forward. If God answered every prayer you prayed for your child this week, how would they be any different than they are right now? If God answered every prayer that you prayed for your spouse this week, how would they be any different than they are right now? If God answered every prayer that you prayed, period, for the family of God, how would this church be any different? We don't control the results, we don't, but we do control our response to say, God, you've called us to prayer. We want to exercise the right that you've given us to ask, to seek, and to knock. Patterns. Create pathways. So it's a matter of consistently praying for your families. Praying for your children. It's a matter of consistently doing that. And seeing that it's leading toward the desires that God has. The plan that He has for each of us. Alright, so we're moving on praying, to praying with. Yeah, so praying for. Now let me get to praying with. Because this is... Um, this is the other side of it. Remember I told you two kind of thoughts, praying for your kids, so we've got some categories there that you can pray specifically for your children. Now let's talk about praying with your children, with your spouse, with your family. Praying That's with. really hard because sometimes nobody wants to pray. That's true. <laughs> like, have you ever had to you know, have a little family prayer time and it just seems like this is a waste of time? All they're doing is sitting on each other and <laughs> nobody is listening here. So, 
Okay, we'll take a moment and talk about this. Um, I'm looking at time, just making sure oh. we're good. You need to know, I hope you know, by experience you do know if you've tried. Prayer times with your children, with your spouse at times, with your family, they will not be what you ideally think they will be. Like I have this romantic idea, not in a romantic physically way, but this romantic idea that, you know, we will sit together at the table in the morning with our Bibles open, each of us having a cup of coffee. Oh, this is just me and you? Yeah, just okay. me and you. And, and we're reading a psalm out loud, and she grabs my hand and says, would you please lead us in prayer, dear? <laughs> and I begin an eloquent prayer. The reality is not that. It's, she's going, would you help me with these kids? Would, why, why are you sitting at the table? Would you please come in? Like, whatever the, or we have these ideas that we're going to sit and have our children lined up. We're going to sit in, on the couch and they're going to sit down in a nice, neat, orderly, in age order and they're going to be in front of us and we're going to say, let us bow our heads in prayer and they're going to fold their hands politely and bow their heads and, and they're just, we're going to ask, we're going to go in a nice, neat circle, you know, like you always do at church, like I'll start and I'll dial and you hang up, you know, it'll go around in a circle. That will, that will never happen in our family. So I want to let you off the hook and just say that like the ideal what you dream and envision, praying with your family may not look exactly like that. If it does, you should write a book and you will make a lot of money <laughs> telling all of us how to do that. Yes. So I, I've got a couple of... But before you do that, you need to take our five-year-old home with you and try it with her first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe we just have... We're she, disqualifying She's a problem, again. though. She really is. <laughs> She's the seed of her mother. So, <laughs> all right. So, here, here's praying with. Really simple, okay? When you're praying with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, any, I want you to pray big. Pray big. I mean, like, ask God for big things. So, several years ago, we... This is, I'm making this story short because if he told it, it would be longer because he'd want to tell you all about the camper. But we were in this really old, beat up camper. It was a 1987 Ford Coachman that I traded. Like a couple years ago. Okay, I this traded, wasn't a long time ago. <laughs> I traded. No, my, no, no, we're not going with that all. No, I details. need to tell because this is background. It makes it better. I traded a Ford Ranger truck for this Ford Coachman Express motorhome. And the back was rotten from water damage, and we rebuilt it, and it was amazing, except that the AC didn't work very well, and it was so loud that whenever we were driving down the road, trying, the kids were trying to watch TV, they would say, We can't we, hear! They would have their ear up to the TV, and they it would was say, terrible. We can't hear! Okay, okay. so we so drove it out west. We, we drove out west. We drove, we went up to Michigan, we did this family camp thing, and then we were going to go meet some North Greenville missionaries. We drove over to Montana. We... They got in a car, and, and we all went to Yellowstone, and we were pulling, we were getting close, and I have been to Yellowstone. They had never been before. I'd been several times with my family because my dad's goal 
was for me to say to my husband, I've been there before. So we went all over the place. And so we're, we're getting close, and, and Jody's like, guys, this is going to be so great. We're going to see everything. We're going to see moose, and we're going to see deer, and we're going to see bears, and we're going to see, I don't even know. I mean, he was making this long, long list. And I said, guys, this is not, it's not realistic. It is, I've been here twice. People don't see bears. You, you're going to see buffalo. You're going to see, but it's the middle of the day. Just look out the window. It's going to so be great. So we prayed. So Jody's like, God, we just really, I want to see a bear. Lord, let us see a bear. Let us have a great day. We pull into the park. I mean, like we checked in, we pull in and there was a bear. I mean, like as far as from where we are standing to the back of the church, <laughs> I was like, what in the world? And it was very mangy, very scary looking. And everybody wanted to get out. And I was like, we are not getting out. You can look it, out the window. I think they just like stuck something out there to look like a bear. But I'm telling you, we prayed boldly, big prayer. Now, listen, I don't think I'm some super spiritual person because it happened because it hasn't happened since. But like we prayed big prayers. God, would, would you just let us see that? Now that... Our kids, I'm telling you, our kids go back to those moments. It is like their favorite thing of writing prompt at school. I'm sure all the teachers at our little elementary school are like, we're tired of that story. Anytime, like, anytime that we say, hey guys, man, this is a big deal. We need to ask God to do something. God can do it. He can do it. Like in their minds, that connectedness is there. So Jesus... Um, there's Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. This is in Matthew chapter 17. The disciples had tried to, to cast the demon out, and there was a situation that took place. And so they asked Jesus in private, why couldn't we do what you did? Verse number 20 of Matthew chapter 17. Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing, this is what I need you to hear, nothing will be impossible for you. When you have faith, I'm not talking about like name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and all that kind of business. I'm not going there. I'm just saying that, that God can do the impossible so you can pray big, big, impossible prayers. With your kids. With your Yeah, with your wife, family. With your like, you can believe those things. Now, God answers according to His will. But you don't have to be afraid to pray big prayers. So then you can also pray small prayers. Sometimes that's all we can do, right? God, thanks for the food. Okay, you know, like, sometimes that's all we can get through in the day. Yeah, pray big, pray bold, but also pray small. Pray big, pray small. Pray small in the sense of just, the daily provisions. Some of you have a great, great pattern in your life of praying before every meal. You sit down together and you thank God for the meal that He's provided for you. That's a pattern. Okay, that's a pattern that's leading to a pathway. It's creating a spiritual road. Just the small prayers of, God, thank you for the food. God, would you help us today when we, um, whatever, we, that you protect us when we go on a trip. God, would you protect us and would you get us where we're going? Like, pray big and bold, but also pray small. 
give us this day our daily bread. Those big, but they have small prayers as well. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches His disciples, He's showing them, so when you pray, pray like this, we go through the Lord's Prayer. He, there's evidence of the big prayers, and there's evidence of the small. Forgiving people, that's big. Really big. And then there's a small. Give us this day our daily bread. So big and small. Big and small. You got When you're praying with your kids, you're praying with your spouse, you got to pray big, and you got to pray small. All right? You also need to pray lots. Like L-O-T-S. Lots. A lot. A whole lot. Because it's a pattern creating that pathway. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes when there's chaos at home and usually when you're not home, like this, the kids would probably... You mean when I'm not home? When you're not home. Uh-huh. When I'm at work, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's chaos at home, which is all the time. And I will just be like, Jesus, Jesus, please <laughs> help us right now. And the kids would be like world but I do that all the time because I'm like you know what otherwise I lose my mind which I may have already I'm pretty close I mean at that point too but I do that a lot and I know they think why are you doing that but that's just something I'm like I have to do this or somebody here has got to be in charge and I guess I am I'm it because I'm the big person we're praying that we're (laughs) as long as you don't pray the psalms like David like oh lord that you would slay the wicked you know (laughs) Get rid of these. I might need to do that sometimes. (laughs) Precatory songs. But pray lots. Make it a habit that you're just praying consistently with your family, consistently with your kids. So Jody usually drops our kids off at school, and he always prays right as they're getting to the car line. So when he's out of the country or out of town or not feeling well, and I have to drive them, and a lot of times by the time I get in the car with them, I'm just like ready for them to get out of the car. It has been a rough morning. Mornings are rough. That's why we can't sit down and have coffee together. It's just, there's not, there's way too much going on. But we get close to school. Mom, you've got to pray. You've got to pray. Dad always prays. And so it's so important to them that we pray for them before they get out of the car. We but pray. it's kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> we, we have. Like you pray. You pray. We, I don't feel like it right now. <laughs> we have a pattern that whenever we turn into the parking lot, there's a sign that says, turn off your cell phones. And, and at that sign... That's when we start our prayer. And we pray as we're going around the car loop. What else are you going to do in the car loop? You can't be on your cell phone, so you might as well pray. So we're going around Some people in need the to loop. put their shoes on. And so, and so we're going around, and we pray. And the last thing we pray every time, every time, is God make us good missionaries today. God help us to be good missionaries today. So praying lots. Like, just pray a lot. A lot of times with your kids. That's that Deuteronomy 6. When you wake up, when you go to bed, some of you have a great bedtime routine where you lay your kids down and, and you know, you pray a very specific prayer over them every night. Just lots. Make it, make it something that you're doing all the time. Pray lots. And then the last thing. This one's for you. <laughs> the last thing is pray short. And Emily says that because because <laughs> you many, can be long-winded. You're a preacher. Many times we do have. I have a tendency. I'll 
I will say that many times I have a tendency to expect our kids. <laughs> I expect our kids to like listen when we're praying. And a, a five-year-old just doesn't do that for very long. So to pray short prayers, I'm beginning to learn. Uh, when we were, before we were married, this is when we were in the, you know, engaged phase of life, I think. I was praying for the meal, and I thought I was, you know, waxing eloquently. And her dad, who is a preacher himself, goes, <laughs> starts snoring. And I was like, what is going on? And I look over, and he just started eating. <laughs> I said, what in the world? He goes, man, that was way too long of a prayer. <laughs> so, you know, it's, now you know how to pray for me. Speaking of prayer, now you know how to pray for me. But, but learning to pray short prayers to where it's just that quick. So if you're going to pray lots, just pray short. No need to catch up on your quiet time. No need to use certain words that you only use during prayer when, you know, when you're Get praying in front out. of people. Yeah, you can do that in your own personal prayer time. And you can do that at other times. But, but I think a key when you're praying with your spouse, when you're praying with your children, you, you need to pray lots and you need to pray, pray short. You, you, God doesn't hear you because of the number of words that you use. You can pray like social media prayers that are like 140, 140 characters. characters or less. You know, like just work on that where it's, hey, and just it's a consistent thing that you're doing with your family. So, praying with, you got to pray big, you got to pray small, you got to pray lots, and you got to pray short. Praying for your kids, you want to get to those specific, through the categories of spiritual moments, emotional challenges, and future events. 7.30, which means it's time for you, some of you, to go get your children, because the workers are praying that you would come and get them. <laughs> But I want to give you some homework, okay? And, and nobody likes homework, so we'll call it special assignment. <laughs> I, want, I want to give you this. Tonight. Not next week. Not sometime. Tonight. I want you to pray for your spouse, your family, your children. I want you to pray for them. Specifically. Before you go to bed tonight, that you would do that. And... If you're going to drive home and you got your kids in the car, I want you to pray with them. You got your spouse in the car, I want you to pray with them. Out loud. Yeah, not like driving and don't close your eyes when you drive and pray, <laughs> but like not out. I, I want you to pray out loud with them. Hey, we, and blame us. Hey, these, this couple came tonight and they told us we had to do this. And if you got teenagers, it's going to be awkward. They're so this is, awkward. This is They're weird. So what do you mean pray with us, you know? And they may put their headphones or whatever. It, you know, okay, just go with it, you know? Because why? Because I'm telling you, even if it seems like they're not getting it, these patterns are creating pathways that are leading them toward knowing Christ more. It's so important. All right, that's your special assignment. And I'm going to leave it up to... Pastor Keith and Chris, when they get back, to be like, hey, I'm going I'm to text both of them and be like, hey, make sure your people did their special assignment. 
And so I'm going to trust that you'll do that, okay? Let me pray for you all, and then we'll be done. Lord, a um, lot of... Man, there's so many things, Lord, that we could talk about with prayer and probably a little bit of overkill even here tonight and some of the things we shared. But I pray that you'll take just something, a passage, a thought, that you drive it into our hearts. Lord, so that we would begin this. We would continue this. We would would be better at praying for and praying with our family. Lord, we ask specifically for certain things tonight. We trust that you'll help us. Lord, man, we, it's only by your grace we can do that. So we lean on that. Help us not to feel condemned if we're not doing it. Help us not to feel proud if we are. But help us just to be encouraged that this will lead towards something greater in helping us advance the kingdom of God in the lives of our family. Help us with that, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.